The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. <laughs> hey, bro, let's get into this thing. It's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. I have you turned up quite a bit, but that's that's fine. As I said, well, the fact that I can hear you is is positive. It's amazing. Is I have right? no idea how the fuck is working. <laughs> None whatsoever. Like I really, honestly don't know. I expected I would be able to hear you, but I didn't think that you would be able to hear me. Uh, and I think I need to buy some new cables too. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. Because all everything I've tried to like run directly from like say the headphone jack of the of the Mac or or something like that into the board, like I get no audio. Period. You get no audio into your headphones. Yeah. So let's catch listeners up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Let's catch everybody up. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to DM72. Demasi, what's new with you? So I now have the same board that Michael has. So that would be the Soundcraft Signature 12 MTK. Uh, came in this huge freaking box, man. Jeez. Right. Uh yeah, got it and using it right now. Um, I am baffled as to why Michael can actually hear me at the moment because I don't think I have anything configured exactly the way that it really should be. But, hey, if it works, it works, and we're recording. Yeah, and we will see what comes out of it um, as soon as we get this recorded. And that's something with, with a board. I think, as we've talked about in the past, Learning it is its own adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mike did not lie about how many knobs and buttons are on here. Like, they stuffed buttons into places, which is weird to me. It's like, oh, we're going to squeeze some buttons in right here between these two knobs. There you go. Did you find that hidden button that I told you about yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pushed it and nothing happened, so I pushed it back out because I right. don't know what it did. But, yeah, uh, we should find out what that button is for. So I had a I had a weird hiss in my headphones that I guarantee you did not hear. And I'm like, shit, I hope it's not picking that hiss up. And then I remembered when I picked my phone up to put it on Do Not Disturb that I had my phone plugged into the board and I had the slider all the way up because I was walking ah. out to YouTube and there was a hiss in the boards or in the configuration. Yeah, I had that going on for a second yesterday too. Uh, uh had like some hissing and i just realized i just had everything turned up too loud um, yeah yeah that's something that i don't know if we've ever mentioned i've heard it in my audio adventures and anyone looking to explore a board is know how to turn everything down quickly or don't make too many adjustments at once because you really can hurt your ears, Honda Mossy, with uh, a board like this and voiceover yep. sounds. <laughs> yep, absolutely. What I what I did is I basically anything that I didn't have plugged in, like I just turned all the knobs like to the left. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as they would go, so everything should be down and push the sliders down and all of that. Uh, occasionally I will plug something in and be like, wait a minute, I don't hear anything. And it's like, oh yeah, dummy. Cause you got that slider all the way down uh -huh. to the bottom. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. But because you have th so many complexities of things to check while, uh, getting audio to play in the board, you also have the flexibility of being able to route audio into the board at different levels. So you can listen to multiple things at once usually. Yeah. Which is cool. I'll tell you one thing, getting this board has made me, uh, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to need to reorganize my working space. <laughs> you and me both. Because I, right now, the way that I normally sit when we're recording, like I'm sitting back away from the desk, because uh, I have my mic stand clamped to the front of my desk, like the front far left corner of my desk is where it's clamped. So it's coming to me at an angle, but I have it that way because I can sit back and pretty much stay on mic and also be able to use my Bluetooth keyboard that's sitting on a tray. Now, the downside to that at the moment is that if I need to adjust anything on the board, I have to sit up, get away from the microphone, and uh, reach across because the board is like to the left of my computer, which would be to my left, sitting back pretty far on the desk. So I'm going to have to rearrange some stuff in here. 
got to find a good boom arm to stick on the back of the desk and I actually reach where I want it to reach and then I'll be good. Yeah, that's funny. You have your board on the left of you. My my board's on the left of me too. Interesting how those little things work out like that. <laughs> so I have my, right now, right the second at least, I have my boom arm clamped to the right side of the table that I have up here that I'm working on. I have the board to my left. I'm sitting in a wooden chair, which is what I sit in most of the day because it makes me get off my ass and walk around or pace a little (laughs) bit while I'm at work. And uh, I am literally holding my sweatshirt over my head right now (laughs) to dampen some of the room noise. So hopefully it sounds a little better than than just the wide open room. I don't know if it's going to make that much of a difference, but it's it's experimentation. Uh, Demasi suggested I get PVC pipes and run and use blankets and build like a little, it's like a little fort. And actually I think Nicholas will be here tomorrow. So I'm going to have him help me build a fort. Cause he's, there he's, you go. he's creative. He, he likes that type of stuff. So there you go. Yeah, man. Ben's more like, mm, doesn't really affect me. So I'm not interested. Andrew's more like, there's not girls there. So it doesn't bother me. <laughs> He's like, wait, if I build this, will girls show up? Right, um, right. Probably not, dude. Oh, yeah. well, I'm not yeah. interested. Yeah. interested. And, and what does your girlfriend have to say about that, sir? <laughs> 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 but yeah, this, this board has been interesting. I do think I'm going to have to go probably on mono price. I'm going to look there first anyway um, to get some new audio cables because i went and dug out some old audio cables I, I picked up long time ago and either the cables are bad or they're not the right types of cables to send audio the way that i want them to send audio so what are you trying to do so one thing that i tried was i have a cable that has two quarter inch jacks on one end i'm a or, you know, plugs on one end to plug into, you know, quarter inch on the board. Right. And on the other end is a, you know, normal size, what is it, one eighth inch yep. uh, headphone jack. So I said, well, let me try plugging this into another computer, which is the, the Intel MacBook Pro, and see if I can route the audio from that into the board hear that through my headphones that are plugged into the board and then, you know, be able to possibly send that out or something like that. But just, you know, I wanted to get the sound in and I got nothing. Uh, I did confirm that like the output switched on the MacBook Pro to the headphone port, but Mm -hmm. I didn't get any audio coming into the board and I did depress the RTN button. That's why you didn't get audio. Because I had the button pressed. For more than likely, because you're bringing in an analog source and not a digital source. Oh, shit. See, people, and Demasi is doing what we don't recommend you do, making <laughs> audio changes live while we're recording. <laughs> this is exactly what you should not do, ever, ever. Ever. Right. I'm doing it right now because it didn't work. Uh, well, it didn't work, but it, it it's probably something else I'm... I'm Another thing you can try with that is just try hitting the PFL button and see if you hear audio then, because that'll only be the audio from that channel to see if that works for you too. So, but if you hit PFL, you won't hear anything else on the board. We don't really want to do that. What? Not hear anything else. Yeah, but remember, when I first got started with mine, I simply just pressed the PFL button on all of the channels I wanted to hear audio from. Now I got this hacked together way working. I guess I can let people know. I don't, did, have I, did I share that with people? Do you know? Anyways, uh, so I'm nope. sending audio that I want to hear in my headphones through to Ox One. And then I'm pressing the USB M- or I'm pressing the MST button, the master button. That would be interesting. I wonder if you hit master if I would hear your jaws from the other computer or voiceover from the other computer. Anyways, I press the master button and any application that I'm using right now is using the master line in um selection in windows 
And so whenever I want audio to come through, I just hit the master button and I can just press that button and uh, you guys would hear voiceover if I wanted to. Um, if it worked appropriately, I think I can do this. Yep, very, very yep. low. Super faint because I had the fader all the way down, but um, that's the thing about this is you can control audio where you wherever you want it and you can lose audio if you don't realize what you're doing. <laughs> yep. But it's, it's, it's so we don't want to bore people to death with this particular topic, but because in DM 69, you put out the layout of the board. Um, and also because we've been talking about it off and on, I have a question that I think would also be, helpful to anybody else that is listening to this that we can kind of kick around a little bit so i didn't think about the rtn button because i don't know every other thing that i've tried to get to route through the board digitally for example like sending something with loopback into the a specific channel of the board which works loopback does work by the way uh, i told you this mike but for everybody listening like loopback on the mac does see all of the channels from the board so if i add it whether as a source or as a monitor, like I can see all of the options there. So I can very easily route audio to specific channels uh, using loopback. So in this case, I would have to hit the RTN button for that because I'm sending that audio from the computer over USB into the board, right? Mm -hmm. yep. But if I have something plugged directly into the board, I shouldn't have to hit RTN because that's a direct source coming in, not something coming over USB. Correct. So I have my phone plugged into uh, a Y cable from RCA to 8th inch, and that's plugged into 1112. I don't have that far right USB RTN button pressed, and I can hear my phone. And then you can hear it through the clean feed uh, stream. It was faint because the slider was down, but you can hear that when I press the MST button because that's sending back out to the master um, and everything that goes out of the master is going into clean feed or VOIP software. Gotcha. Makes sense. So. On a different note, because we got new toys, it kind of plays into it. You still hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, you're See? fine. I'll just, See? I, See? I, I, He's pushing buttons when he shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, uh, I, I depressed the uh, master button for channel two because I don't know what I have going in there. And I didn't want to accidentally send ah. some sound down yeah. the channel. Yeah. Now, I think... So what channel am I coming through? And I'll get into my other conversation in a minute. That's the thing, Mark. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> what is your default default output in macOS? Hold on. I will tell you in a second. That's a good edit point. Man, do you think about it this way? Sometimes when you're having a conversation with other people, I think this is brought up in a podcast too. Uh, and you're like, man, I would edit that out and I'm going to edit. Oh, wait, we're not recording this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the soundcraft is a default output. Oh, oh, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. See, I got but, I got to figure that out myself because I didn't play. But with you're not hearing time. yourself coming back to you, right? Correct. Which is what you think would be happening because it's probably sending the audio through channels one and two. But is your MST button pressed? Uh, it is pressed for the microphone, but it's not pressed for the other channel for channel two. So uh -oh. the microphone is plugged into channel one. Okay. Anyways. See why I said I have no idea how the fuck this is. Right, working. right. Well, we will eventually figure out how Demasi has it working. Quick question, just out of curiosity. Is the USB plugged into your microphone still? No. Okay, okay. Because, yeah. <laughs> that works. Look, I knew it wasn't, but I checked when I got in clean feed, and I was like, can you hear me? And... uh. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. How, I don't, I'm, I'm not certain that that's supposed to work. Right, uh, right. Let me, let me, 
see and it's like nope i did undisconnected uh, by the time yeah. we release 73 we will have a better understanding of demasi's audio routing i think i hope we better <laughs> so where i was gonna go with that is with the previous conversation is demasi got a new toy i have not gotten any new toys in a couple of weeks but I did do some digital spring cleaning, and I'm talking about this on Kelly Co. the day before this show goes live. So I kind of want to run through with you a little bit about why I did it and how I did it um, and, and the processes that I'm running into. So when I say digital spring cleaning, I mean I took my computer, I took my phone, and I took my watch, and I didn't realize I was going to do all of them at once. It just kind of sort of happened. And I completely erased them and reset them up from scratch. And that was a pretty straightforward process on the computer. I was able to use Narrator to get through the beginning of getting Windows set up. I was also able to sign in and, and, and download NVDA and JAWS, get everything authorized, and get audio up and working. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Demasi, it was either the same day or within two days uh, that I got everything up and running again. It there was the same day. Because uh, I remember we talked about it. You were up and running and installing stuff, uh, actually. Yeah, that's right. And then I had to reach out to some administrators of some 1Password accounts that I use because I needed to reset that information. Uh, but once I got everything up and running again, like it's it's a pretty clean process. My iPhone, interestingly enough, was slightly different of an experience. I went ahead and erased it because I was having some issues with my Apple Watch, which, by the way, those I'm still seeing about 24 hours of battery on my Apple Watch. And I vaguely remember getting more. So with the phone, on the other hand, I have ran into a couple of, of interesting challenges, mainly coming into me realizing that I'm not using a password manager as well as I need to be. Uh, sometimes something will say, hey, log into Disney Plus, for example, or something else. And I have to go to Mallory and be like, hey, what's the Disney Plus password? And as I'm typing it in, I'm like, man, uh, if only I would have added this to 1Password. Uh, I kind of wish 1Password would prompt me when I log in. That's what I, was I want gonna, for iOS 15. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah, I was gonna say like that. That to me is sort of a and well, I can't really say it's a shortcoming of One Password. I think it's a shortcoming of where Apple currently has those APIs because I'm pretty sure if One Password and other password managers could do the iCloud keychain pop up when you type in a password or paste in a password and sign into something like, "Hey, would you like to save this?" I am absolutely certain that they would do it. So Apple, yeah, I'm with you. I was yeah. 15, which WWDC is Monday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, day so, before this show. Yep, day before this show. So comes. I'm not going to speculate on what I want to see, but in 673, 63, in 73, we will definitely be talking about iOS 15, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so that, that experience has been well, uh, resetting up my watch has been a good experience because I've literally taken every app off of my watch right now, except for, you know, a, a couple of them drafts, drafts, uh, uh e JPR is on there and carrot weather, I think are the three third party apps that I have on there. And to me, that might be a little overkill for the watch. But, like, having a watch just run those apps. But it, when it works right, it's convenient. I can tap my wrist, see what the weather's like, see the time, see if I have a timer going, check my blood pressure. Wait, no, you can't do that. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? You can, you can get what you need <laughs> off of the watch. You know what else I want? Just, just to, you know, uh, for the next version of macOS, I want Apple to give me a different way to dismiss crap without having to do all these freaking actions. Yeah. 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 You know what I want on macOS? This is our speculation uh, show, even though we said it's not going to be, is I want some macOS engineers to use voiceover for like two days and then yep. fix it. That would be nice. That would really be nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
it'll never happen. Well, I mean, not on a wide enough scale to make a huge enough difference, but yeah. Actually, what I, yeah, yeah. I, might, I, I want a couple of engineers to use voiceover full time for like two weeks. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I would also like for an executive somewhere on one of the teams or a couple of them to use voiceover full time for two weeks. Mr. And Cook, if you're listening. Oh, yeah, Tim, probably not. Right. Get Tim to use voiceover on iOS uh, for two <laughs> weeks. Uh, Mr. Federighi, if you happen to be listening, sir, that would be amazing because I'm pretty sure you will find some things that are annoying and also broken. Like there's annoyances and then there's things that don't work. Uh, and the things that don't work are much worse than the, just as simple annoyances. Cause you know, I can put my Mac and do not disturb and I don't have to deal with anybody's notifications popping up. It was in do not disturb for like a week and I don't think I realized it, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so this Lenovo laptop I have has a camera at the very bottom of the screen, which oh, yeah, in my man. opinion. Yeah, is literally the worst place to ever put a camera and it is driving me crazy although demasi recommended an app called camo and we'll put a a link to it in the show notes and it's a pretty straightforward application does work on windows and mac and pretty much what i've done is i open the camera on my phone well first i have a pop socket on the back of my phone so, because the KMO software uses the back-facing camera, I hang my phone facing to the back of the room from my from my the top of my screen using the pop socket on the back of the phone. Then I use the Bluetooth keyboard to open camera and make sure that I'm in the center of the frame um, with the feedback from VoiceOver. Oh, nice. And then I'm o- I open Camo on the phone and on the on Windows and everything connects right then, super easy process. And then I jump into Zoom or whatever I need with it with a decent camera and I just check my video settings and make sure it's set to Camo and all of a sudden I am looking semi good on Zoom, which is awesome. <laughs> That's nice, man. That is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I used it in a test case scenario, but I haven't actually had to be on camera. Uh, and I think the last time that I was doing like a video meeting, I couldn't remember the name of the app. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's what happened there. But super nice. Uh, it's, it's accessible on the Mac as well, the application that you need to run. And basically, you run the app. I don't know how it does it on Windows on the Mac. Hmm, I need to install it on the M1. On the Intel Mac, when I first installed it to try it out, it installs like basically like a virtual camera driver, which is what you yep. would select as your input into like Zoom or, or FaceTime or whatever. Uh, and like Mike said, it was pretty easy to set up. And on Windows, it does download a separate package that you need to install. And it walks you through it. It's a pretty straightforward process, but it's the... Apple mobile device support 64 bit. Um, and that allows KMO to use the camera from the iPhone in Windows 10 and then pass that through to different tools. And then I'm using my convoluted Reaper setup to get decent audio. So now I have, well, when I'm not trying to dampen uh, my sound with my sweatshirt over my head, man, I should get <laughs> Benjamin to take a picture of this. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Okay, he's going to come get a picture. So it'll be on our Instagram we don't have and our Twitter we never use and uh, in the show notes too. (laughs) Um, But with the camera setup, I have the microphone clamped to the desk in a right position to where if I use the blur background on Zoom, it kind of looks blurry. You can kind of tell there's a microphone in the frame, which I don't, I don't 
really care because most of the things I'm doing are radio involved or live streaming involved. So it kind of makes me look like I know what I'm talking about when I have this fancy microphone hanging in front of my face. Uh, and I just go ahead and talk and it picks me up because I'm talking towards the front of it, even though I'm not looking straight at it. So I can look forward, but the microphone picks up my voice. Uh, let me... This is what it sounds like when I'm looking at the camera. So it's it's a little bit less qual- less audio. Oh yeah, but it's still good. But it's still pretty good because it, and and it would actually sound a little better because I'd have the microphone positioned better. But still, it's it's a good experience for getting good quality video and more importantly to me, good quality audio as well. Yeah, I thought it was a super cool solution. So the iOS app is free to install and the app for mac os and windows is also free and apparently it's a freemium based i couldn't remember when i sent the link to michael i knew the ios app was free but i thought the desktop app cost money but apparently there's like a subscription or something you can pay for to get extra features but you have basically free usage of it for the basics Uh, i don't remember what the details are for the subscription but we'll link to it in the show notes at yourownpage.com and it's not a horrible subscription either it's like 40 bucks a year yeah yeah it it was pretty reasonable when i was looking i was like yeah that's that's not bad if i need this full time i would definitely do it uh for sure but good solution man i like that 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 works great i was about to recommend well if your microphone is in the camera shop maybe you should buy one of those like um what do they call them yeah, yeah, but get like the good one that plugs into your 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 XLR. Ooh, don't tell me this. That's just more money for me to spend. Although it wouldn't be a bad idea, especially if some of these gigs turn into um, more video gigs. Yeah. There we go. We have our photo for the show notes. So going back to WWDC, though, is there anything like that you're looking forward to hearing about or something that you think is going to happen or some rumor you've picked up that you're like, oh, yeah, can't wait to see that? I just can't wait to see what happens with iOS 15. A lot of people are suspecting that there's going to be a lot of iPad announcements and stuff, but I, I just... I could care less because I don't use the iPad. Uh, so I'm interested to see what type of upgrades we're going to get with the iPhones. And right now I'm running iPhone 11. Chances are in September when new iPhones come out, I will be upgrading to an iPhone 12 while Mallory upgrades to a 13 or 12S or whatever they call it. So, yeah, uh, iOS 15 is the closest that I'll get to an actual new phone for a little while. I want to see what's going to happen with iOS 15. I'm interested in iPad OS 15 only from the standpoint of what is the story Apple is going to tell that mm-hmm. makes the M1 in the most recent iPad Pros make sense. Yeah, because that... So a listener of the show that I know uh, did end up acquiring a iPad M1. So I'm interested to hear his thoughts when it arrives to him in California. Oh, man, the ship dates of those things are way out last I heard. So he got the 11-inch. Ah. So that ship date is next week. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, because everybody's been buying the 12. Not, I'm like, I don't yep. want the 12. I was going to get one. If I was going to get one, it would definitely be the 11-inch because I think the 12 9 would just be too huge. Well, and not only that, but – and correct me if I'm wrong. The the biggest difference in the 12-9 is the display itself, isn't it? Right. That's it. Yeah. And I could care less. Now, if I was to buy Mallory a 12, an iPad Pro, she would probably end up with the 12-9 because she uses it for the display. But for my use case scenario, I would end up with the 11-2. Uh, the 11 as well because then uh, i can get my ipad sooner rather than later and it's not as much screen real estate i mean honestly if they came out with like a ipad pro mini (laughs) i want that i would be all over that man well with with ipad os 15 it 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 might happen 
or maybe all the iPads will eventually end up with the M1, which will be interesting to see. Because when the M2 comes out, or whatever they call the second iteration, are they going to put that also in the iPad and move the M1 to the lower end iPads? I don't, I don't know. I suspect at least for a time that the chips, uh, the pros will maintain M series or M type chips. And the air and the whatever the next one is, knife generation, uh-huh. uh, will always have like a, a version of the chip that also goes in the iPhone. I, I, long term, I have no idea. I think short term, that's what they're going to do. Cause I think that M1, there's got to be a story there for pro that makes it worth it. It can't simply be what I've heard a few pundits say, which is, well, it's just a variant of the A-series chip anyway, and it's just a marketing name. Like, I kind of feel like people that say that are not quite... I know Apple wouldn't explain it that way. I am not comfortable with that explanation of the M1 being like, oh, it's just a variant of the A-series chip and blah, blah, blah. Like, maybe this first one is very close in origin to the A-series chips, but I feel like the next chips are going to be so radically different that the only similarity is going to be that like the same team designed those chips but i don't it it, i don't know man i'm not comfortable with the the m1 is just a branding name but it's still a, a ios chip like i don't i don't buy that story it's easier for people to wrap their mind around it perhaps but i don't i don't buy that explanation and maybe a new chip will be announced on monday i don't know if it's time for one yet though if they drop the upgraded Mac, a an upgraded Pro line computer, whether it be a laptop or an i, I don't think they would do the iMac yet though. Uh, but maybe the MacBook Pro, like the 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 sixteen inch replacement or the higher end thirteen inch replacement, if they right. drop one of those, I think it will have to have a new chip. They cannot put an M one simply just because of the restrictions that the M one itself has. They can't put that in a in a higher end Pro machine and get away with that you got to give people at least four thunderbolt ports there's rumor there's a rumor that there there's a 13 or 14 inch laptop is going to have a bunch of more ports like usb you know thunderbolt usb hdmi hdmi uh a card slot i'm like right man, don't don't bring all the crap back man just give me more <laughs> usb-c ports is what i just, just there, more there you go yeah if i if i need a card slot i'll figure that out just just give me more usb-c ports to work with yeah. uh there is a rumor of a new version of Windows 10 to be announced on the 24th of June. I don't know if you've heard that. No. Uh, so I'm interested to see that myself. Um, I don't know that I'll move this computer to an Insider build so I can play with it. But it might cause me to look at getting another Windows computer because, you know, I don't have enough computers around here. Say, <laughs> hey, man, look, if you buy a Nook. Wait, is that what it's called? A Nook? Yeah, Nook? yep. Yep. Yeah. See, if you get one of those, it'll be cheaper. But, but not only would you have a new computer in the house to to test things on, but now you have something to to enhance your audio routing capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't lose audio already. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good point. And and it'll give me a separate working computer too. That if everything is stable, the boys can use the other. why is it, Demasi? Why is it that anytime something looks good for me to get, it's like mm, that's going to benefit the boys more than it's going to benefit you, or that's going to benefit Mallory more than it's going to benefit you? That's what happens, man. That that's that's what happens. Yeah, I will say there's one other thing that I'm interested to find out about, and I am interested in the next version of macOS because. Apple still hasn't really given us any sort of virtualization slash, you know, boot camp situation for M1 uh, or Apple Silicon. Apple giveth and Apple can taketh and they tooketh boot camp. Yeah, they did. (laughs) They got to do something. Yeah. I, 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 
I've heard too much, too many rumors here and there from people that Apple and Microsoft have been kind of collaborating on a solution. And all of a sudden, after the Apple Silicon chips come out, there's this new, you know, that became a public insider build. But there was just all of a sudden this work going on to create a version of Windows 10 for ARM that was not tied to a specific piece of hardware like it that that coincidence cannot really be a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thinking, man, I need to run Windows 10 sometimes. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I was just going to say, you haven't ran Windows 10 in years. You don't need to run it. Have Have you used Windows 10? I have not even used Windows 10. I didn't think so. Last one was 7, wasn't it? Or did you use yep. it, go down the 8? No, uh, I didn't do 8. I, I, I completely bypassed I, I taught somebody on Windows 8 back shortly after it first came out. And I was like, man, no, I'm, I'm cool on my 7. Windows 8, the modern version of Windows ME. <laughs> Man, Windows 8 was so horrible. Gotta give it to Microsoft, though. They they have really, really turned themselves around as a company overall, I think. Compared to where they were in the Windows 7 days and Windows 8, the catastrophe yep. that Windows 8 turned out to be like. Windows 10 overall has been fairly decent. They've had some blunders, but I mean, geez, everybody Apple has, has had some blunders too. Yes. So Look, you're holding at it least, wrong. At least, at least, you know, and everybody, I like Apple stuff, but at least nobody can say that Microsoft sold a crappy line of computers for like five years almost those keyboards oh those crappy keyboards. oh yeah man it was that long wasn't it yeah the first one showed up in late 2015 and then Damn. 2016 everything that was released from that point forward that was a laptop had that keyboard up until i want to say late 2019 possibly oh man yeah, that was not a pleasant experience. Made a lot of money for the Bluetooth keyboard makers of the world. USB keyboard. Makers. Right. That's why people started making their I believe it's probably why Mike from Mike from Relay started making his own keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> it drove people mad to you know, start pulling out solder and I'm gonna make my own fucking keyboard now. Just screw this. So we do some light editing on the show, but I am legitimately letting listeners know that our conversations jump as much as the episode does when we're, when we're live or when we're talking with people. And I preface this next topic with that comment. So people know that we didn't just like edit it and cut into a new segment. So I can say, Hey, Demasi, I sent a newsletter today. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Did you really? What yeah, you I, yeah. I sent I didn't a message. Get nothing. You didn't get. No- oh, I gotta look into that because that's not good. I did send a uh, send an email that said, "I try. I promise." I think in the subject line explaining to people that I do promise that I try to get more messages sent out. You can't write Markdown in Sendy, can you? I haven't tried. There's a plain like well HTML editor. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's what I did is I edited the HTML. I even added the fancy button that says click here to view this in the web. And it took them to the web and uh, whatnot. If you're comfortable with HTML, you can make some amazing looking uh, newsletters. I I believe the visual editor is fairly accessible in Sendy as well. I just naturally jumped over to the HTML editor. And where I was going with that is, you know, you can always write your message in Markdown and convert it to HTML with a tool that you prefer to use and use that for building out your newsletter. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And you can save a template. So like if you put together like the editing you did today, you could have saved that uh, as a template so that next time all you have to do is just, you know, add the text that you want. But you already have kind of like your your, your buttons in place for the the go to web, unsubscribe, all of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, see, I, I need to do that because I did. I forgot to put the unsubscribe button at the bottom of the email. 
And I'm used to tools automatically putting that in there. And maybe there's a setting to make sure that it's always there. So I didn't think about it until I was reading the email that I sent out. And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot to let people unsubscribe. Well, they'll reply to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do I unsubscribe from this? Yep. Yep. But Cindy is nice. I I think without... So I'm going to say this, and it... it could be a reflection upon my lack of skill with PHP uh, and such things. But also, I just think Cindy is a, is a different sort of tool. It does not, to me, seem to offer the complex structures of things that you can do with something like Aweber or ConvertKit. And I'm really thinking about like just the segmentations as you segment you know, people down a list like, oh, if you click, you know, there are ways to get people into segments. Like if they click this link in the email, you know, move them over, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that process is a lot easier for end user. I can get it done with a little work and a little testing, but I think for, for just the individual going in there wanting to do some of this stuff, I think it's a lot easier for them to do. Yeah. And, Sendy is a mailing list software. It's not, it's, and that's something I think we both have to remember. Sendy isn't a marketing software or a right. lead nurturing software. It's a mailing list software. It's meant for right. sending out mailing lists, which is, isn't bad at all. But coming at it, expecting it to do email marketing which is is like being a marketing platform, which is what AWeber or ConvertKit is, might be the wrong way to look at it. And I completely understand where you're coming at. There are some marketing tools available in that one-click installer, Cloud Run. I couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, but I've not actually poked at them, so I don't know how they work. But there are some available in there, too. Yeah, I saw a couple of them. Uh, there's MailTrain. Uh, yep. There's a couple other ones. Uh, probably take a look at those too, but I do like Cindy, and I think for a lot of people, Cindy is is perfect because it's it's simple, and I would say it's much easier if you're starting in Cindy versus trying to bring over something from an existing platform. Yeah, I, unless you're plat. Well, depending if bring, bringing over a complex setup of set of automations over from a different platform, I think is more difficult. If you're Email sending is pretty basic, uh, pretty simple. You do a little segmentation or a little moving people here and there. Cindy's easy. Getting started with Cindy, if you're starting out your email marketing journey, uh, I think Cindy is super easy because uh, they do have the basic stuff that you need for email marketing. For me, it works great. Like I love it because it is exactly what I want. It's not overly complex for what I want to do mm. for me. Which is, if I have a list, I just want to add people to the list. Occasionally, I'm going to send an email. There may be some particular forms that will be tied to some sequences. So when you register for this newsletter, you know, there's autoresponders or there's a drip campaign that, that, you know, drops an email to you every four or five days or something like that. Like, those things are there. So it, it is definitely featured to get you there. It's just, man, I've seen some convoluted... <laughs> stuff so in aweber and convert kit yeah yeah so let's unless you have another topic wrap up by me asking you how did you get the form because if someone goes to your own pay.com slash dm72 they will have an opportunity to sign up for the mailing list oh and by the way you can also donate to the podcast i don't remember oh i think it's your own pay.com slash support uh so if you're interested in that feel free to check that out but how did you get people or get that form to show up and is it something easy for someone else who might be using some of the same tools we're using? The URL is com slash support. And there's a nice form there for you to make a donation of your choice. I think the minimum is $5, though, because yep. processing fees. Um, how did I get the form to show up everywhere is what you're asking? Yeah, on all the posts. Because I think that's where it shows up is just on posts, right? Yep, it is just on post. I just verified that by checking on this page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it is just showing up on posts. So I did that using, so I grabbed the HTML code for the form, uh, for your subscription form in Cindy. And using GP Premium, uh, which is a, a add-on plugin for generate press, the thing that Mike is using, I made a hook. Uh, what, are, what do they call them now? Elements. So I created an element that hooked in. Basically, it, it, it adds in the content after every post. So I only applied this rule to uh, or had I pasted an HTML code in the edit field. This is what I want you to do or this is what I want you to display. Um, and then I set up the rules such that it only showed on single post pages and only post page only posts. On single mm-hmm. post, not on pages, not on any other custom post type Mike may have over there, just post. Because all of the podcasts are, you know, basically posts, posts. inside yep. of WordPress. Uh, and I set it to show up after post content, I think, is where I hooked into WordPress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so WordPress has a bunch of hooks that you can grab onto and do stuff with. So, like, there's a after header, after content, after footer content, before, you know, all of that. This particular hook, I believe, was the after post content uh, hook is where I had to attach it. So you see the full post, and then there's like a heading level three that gives you the uh, HTML form. And I just wrote HTML, and in you know what I wanted to hook in on that particular point was the HTML that's displayed on the page. So the heading, and then the text, and then the form, and the subscribe button. And just to clarify, he did not write it he just pasted in from sendy so you don't have to know html having some basic knowledge is definitely helpful but it was i mean i made the heading that shows up right there that's about all i did i think yeah oh you did yeah i made the heading so that there will be an actual heading there otherwise the form would have just been hanging out as like a form just you know (laughs) sitting there so i did add the h the h3 i think it is right uh but that's it. The the form code for Cindy, yeah, that came straight from Cindy. So when you put your, your name and email address in and you check the box and hit submit, you're uh, sending that using the Cindy API and you're now registered to the list. And the beautiful thing about that is with GP Premium, it's super simple to do. There will be Demossi's affiliate link in show notes at yourownpay.com slash DM72. I'm also going to put that yourownpay.com slash support in the show notes now. I made a note to remember to include it because it's not in any of the... Hey, maybe I should hook that in to top, the top of all the posts. I was just posts. thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and poke around at that hooking, using hooks to get it to come in just to see if I can do that because it should be a pretty straightforward process, but yeah, Demosi's affiliate link for generate press will be, um, at, uh, your own pay.com slash DM 72. I hope I've been getting this is 72. Yep, right. I just checked. I, I okay. just checked. Okay. Weird how our minds like, think alike. I, I can't feel like did we are we really going seventy two? Yeah, yeah, we just did seventy one. Now remember, this is the second time we recorded seventy two. I, I know, but that's why I was like, uh, did we really are we are are we actually on seventy two or not? Like right. yeah, man. Right. I guess because we've been on schedule yeah. the past yeah. few weeks. Weird how that works out, huh? <laughs> There's not a delay and the shows are coming out. It's like, oh, yeah, we really are. Because I just went to 71 and like that was DM after dark. By the way, editing the next day is amazing. Just saying. It is amazing, people. You should try it. Yep. I, I, Mallory and I were talking before we recorded. I'm like, should I edit tonight? And she's like, yeah, you might as well just get it out of the way. I'm like, no, I think I'm going to record. Go crash for, you know, go to sleep for a few hours and just get up in, early in the morning when no one else is up and just edit it. Because that, that, that workflow is working well for me. Now, are you still, like, getting, are you still seeing improvements due to what you picked up from the Reaper course? I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say I am. I'm not 
as efficient as I thought I would be with using the trim silence feature, but it is saving me some time with some of the tricks I learned. And then uh, the template that we got access to is giving me a more consistent sound. And I've almost taken Alphonic out of my mix. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You'll have to listen to one of the episodes one of these days, Demasi, and let us know what you think of it. <laughs> Did you know, Demasi, you could leave a review for the podcast in the Apple Podcast app, too? Oh, man. I mean, I will have to actually install the Apple Podcast app. Right. <laughs> Speaking of what, what in the hell is going on with Apple in these podcasts? So apparently they've killed show notes. Yeah. that's They've killed creating links in show notes so you can put in the raw url the https colon slash slash your own pay.com slash dm71 but you can't put in the text listen to dm71 after dark and link that to the your own pay.com slash dm71 not sure what's going on with that uh i think apple is going through some growing pains for what they have to offer uh because if you weren't aware they have also pushed the apple podcast subscription functionality and abilities back into june when they were talking about releasing it in may so i think there's some growing pains that they're working their way through with that mm-hmm. i'm gonna need them to get that together man well, look, I don't know. All I can say about that is, hey, if Apple can release something and have it busted and fix it on the fly as they go along, then I should not feel so bad about doing the same. <laughs> Although, the counter argument to that is, I'm not Apple, so I am not big enough to have the brand right. loyalty and reputation that Apple has to recover either you know a small blunder on my part could damage my business significantly a small blunder on apple's part well you know look at facebook like geez nobody their numbers are still going up a little bit so (laughs) so yeah that's all i really have today what about you anything else oh man i'm good i'm good Okay, well, people can support the podcast at yourownpay.com slash support. You can follow us on Twitter at The DM Show, I think. Or is nope, it series? At the DM series. There we go. See, see, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N. He's on Twitter at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. And show notes and more information can be found at... YourAllPay.com slash DM72. <laughs> you've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit YourOwnPay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, YourOwnPay.com.